Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So So. In case you ain't know so, and welcome back to another episode of Sports with So So. Coming to you live from CIC Miami, y'all. Preseason is over, and it's time to look forward to Week One for the Dolphins. We also react to the Jake Paul versus Tyrone Woodley fight. We check in with Chelsea versus Liverpool, and of course, we make some hurricane predictions for this upcoming game. It's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go. Yo, your ninth pick overall in a 12-man league Okay, is not fucking easy. Though. You already drafted? Yes, sir, Sunday. On Sunday? Oh, yeah, I had mine yesterday, too. Yeah, and it's funny because that league was standard league for a long, long time, and then, boom, we just made some quick modifications to the league and changed it to a half-point PPR. Wait, so you guys weren't PPR? Nah, standard, for, for how full long? standard. Like, for as long as the league has existed. And that's your preference? I mean, it's not my preference. I I like PPR, but sometimes I feel like you have to manage it because people be getting wild with their leagues. It's like a super quarterback league, and you can have four flexes. And, no, well, and, that's a super I mean? flex league. Yeah, but, but then there's, there's almost— standard PPR, which is my preference. I— I don't. I've, I don't think I've done a regular like where your QBs only get four for touchdowns. They used to. You so as of this now year, they're six. That's wild, dude. Like I haven't done tough that since league. I was like thirteen. Like Dog, that's toughly. I mean, it's just that's not fun for me. It's not exciting for me to like do that. It makes it harder. It makes it harder because then if, yeah, but if, fantasy football is already hard enough as it is, dude. Hey, just like golf, you know hey. what I'm saying? Like. Why are you going to tee off from the tips when you can tee <laughs> well, off from the whites? You know, yo, like, are we playing blue today or are we playing white? Let's do the combo. We're playing white. <laughs> if it's a part three, we'll play the blue. Yeah. <laughs> but everything else, we're hitting from the white. And you know what's funny? Speaking about golf, I actually finally got my... Wait, um, wait, wait. Before, before I got to know. Would you, have you left everybody here? Like, oh, who'd I blue? take? Yeah, nine. In the 12 I took league. Eckler. Austin Eckler, not bad. I took Eckler. Not a bad pick. I, I, took I, Eckler. I think that's kind of where he's going right around there. A, a, a lot of the mocks, you know, and if you're drafting now, you probably see this if you're in those type of leagues. Like, you're going to end up, especially in the later rounds, you're going to end up with uh, Shaquan Barkley. Uh, What'd you call Eckler, him? Shaquan. Shaquan? Shaquan. <laughs> Saquon, bro. Whatever. There's no dog. H in Saquon. Bruh, I'm going to call him Shaquan. <laughs> you're so bad with names. Bro. I'm going to call him that, dog. But... <laughs> Those are the guys that you end up with. You know what I mean? And and for me, it was like, I'd rather have the guy who's healthier than Barkley. And I think Barkley is way more talented, obviously, you right. know. But I just think his health may not be there. And Eckler probably play all those games and do well coming out of the backfield, catching the ball. So I wanted Miles Gaskin later on in the draft. Oh. And somebody took him. And I was like, motherfucker. What round did he go? Do you know? Uh, I have it there, bro. I'll show you after. I, so I had second pick in a 12-man. We uh-huh. do... Uh, PPR, full point PPR, as it should be. Uh, not super flex or nothing. We just do, you know, your standard PPR. And um, it was interesting the way that we decided it. So we had we held like a little competition basically um, to determine a hierarchy, you know, and right. like, you know, one through 12. But that wasn't necessarily the picks. It was just the order in which you got to pick your pick. Fifth round, by the way, for Gaskin. That's when I got him in, in this league. I also, I got Gaskin. You know yeah. your boy. I saw, it. I saw it. Uh, I saw it. I saw it. Anyways, so we had determined, you know, an order. And then, you know, uh, the guy that was first up, he got to pick his pick first. And he didn't go with first. He didn't go with second. He didn't go with third. He took the fifth pick overall in the draft. That's kind of weird. It's interesting. It's a strategy, though. Ah, I mean, I'm sure he has a strategy, but it's still kind of weird. And I'm like, all right, there's no shot that the next guy up is not going to go with first pick overall. Well, he did not. <laughs> oh. He took uh, third or fourth. Okay. I could see that. Then there was another guy, and he took, like, ninth whatever was No, whatever was left over between that, like six, like five or six or whatever. Right. So one and two are still out there, and there's the guy ahead of me and then me. I'm like, I'm for sure at least getting a top two pick. Like, yeah. there's no way he's not taking first for sure at this point. He's not going to go to the back end of the line. Right. He's going to go for with first, and then I'll get second. Sure enough, I got the second pick. Fine. And I, this was this has been a, a keeper league in this league that I'm doing. We've done keeper like three different iterations, so like three three year iterations. Right. We just finished it last year, and for last year's iteration, all three of those years, my RB one was Dalvin Cook. 
Clean. So now I get the second overall pick. And you get to pick him again. I got. I don't even got to change my team name or nothing, dude. <laughs> but I ended up drafting Gaskin. I, I got a couple pieces, man. I really like the team. For a twelve man, twelve man's always difficult. There's, you know, it's 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 hard. It's, it's scarce out there, you know. Even whether it's standard PPR, half PPR, it doesn't matter, dog. Twelve man league and up, it's tough. You got to be on that waiver wire. You got to be like getting all the updates and so. Oh, so, something that happened yesterday. A week prior to that. I drafted J.K. Dobbins in like the second or third down. round. And just yesterday, I got the update early, right before that draft yesterday, that he was out. And I'm like, damn, that sucks. I lost him in another league, but I'm glad I know that now because going into this draft, one of my boys drafted him, bro, confidently with like the third like third, third round. He was like, J.K. Dobbins. And like we all kind of like, eh. Are you he sure? Was like, he was like, wait, what? And we are like, Dobbins, like you just put it on the board, dude. That's your pick, you know? But it's like we can't. We he, he said it confidently. If he would have been like, "Hey, is he available? Uh, is he hurt? No, no. Did he just tear a question. ACL just yesterday. Is he like, available? Oh, he's available. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, you know. But like, why? he was confident with the pick. Like he liked it, and I was confident when I picked him last week when he was healthy. But that shit just kind of happened. That's why I hate drafting so early. I just feel like in football, bro, that's those injuries are gonna happen. You know, it's it's going to happen. Rare is it that everybody from the first round that you pick. Makes it through an entire season healthy. Yeah, it's rare. You know, it's just really rare, and and that's why you really have to rely on like doing kind of your homework and, and making sure that in the later rounds you're picking guys who can at least step in and step up in a week to week basis if needed. You know, if you have the stud and your stud is still balling, cool, dog. That's great. You're probably doing well in your league. But if not, then you really have to rely on the free agents and stuff like that, trying to make a trade, which is also tough. Trades never happen, bro. Never happen. It's Hard as hell. Everybody wants everything for nothing, you know, at both sides. There's never, like, an equal. And then whenever there is, like, an equal, you know, trade that's offered, like, the one person's always skeptical, like, nah, I think I'm giving up too much. No, here. it's not even him that's <laughs> skeptical. Both guys will be like, yo, it's good. And then that third person is like, yo, you're going to let him take all your good players like that, dog? You're just going to let him pick whoever he wants from your squad? And it's like, oh, damn, you're right. Maybe I shouldn't trade him. It's like, Damn. All that shit happens all the time, and you, it's whack. Do you guys have votes on on trades and stuff like that in your league, or uh, you guys automatically let them off slide through? I think the commissioner is the one who like decides. Like, and if enough people make us think about it, then we'll go into a vote. You know what I mean? But it's like you said, trades like that rare. I think I've seen maybe three trades ever. <laughs> no, I've ever. seen I've seen a good amount of trades, you know, they happen. We, we at least in all my leagues we always, you know, make it a vote, you know, even if it's like yo I don't care, yes, go for it, you know what I mean? Like we give everybody that that just the awareness that hey, this is going on in the league between these two teams in case you want to be like, no, I kind of want that guy. I have something better to offer you, you know what I mean? Right. And, and kind of get that going. Um but yeah, trades always go through. I don't think there's ever been anything really vetoed unless it was some sort of collusion. Actually, no, in one of my leagues there was some collusion type shit. It happens. They try. To, they try. Yeah, we had to cut that shit out. We had, that's, why, that's why we vote on it. That's why you have to vote on certain shit. It's, it's weird, man. But fantasy football is back. Bro. Week one is coming up. Red and it's zone. on like Donkey Kong. Red Zone, I can't wait, bro. That's can't, like right. the best TV money can buy right there. Man, man. It, it really is good TV, bro. Because whether you're into fantasy football or not, and you just want to see touchdowns, you don't really have a favorite team. You want to watch that channel because all you're getting there is good. Action. It's action. Eight raw hours. play after raw play after touchdown after touchdown after amazing play after amazing play. So you can't beat that, man. Um, but, yeah, you know what? I, real quick to touch on it. I uh, I know I mentioned to you because I saw you <laughs> with Coach Alex as I was pulling up. And I'm like, look at this guy here just chilling. Well, a little bird told me you were going to be going and getting a so lesson. Hung out. Like, There's no way that. I'm gonna let him get better than me. I gotta go I gotta know, go. sharpen up a little bit too. So <laughs> I, I'm far, dog. I had to go get a lesson, but I I'm saw far. you out there. How was I was your first formal lesson? It's dope, lesson. man. It's dope. Big shout out to Coach Alex. Um Coach Sib. Uh for me, it's like you get to realize all the m- things that you were messing up on, right? And then just try to mentally break that. Right? Because you gotta break the habits mentally and then you can start to break them physically, right? Because you have more control over what you're trying to really accomplish. And even in that one lesson that we got, I felt like we accomplished a lot. And 
yeah, bro, I, I'm excited. And it was fun. I can't wait to go again. And I saw the clip of that that one shot you hit, bro. It was probably the best golf shot I've ever seen you hit. Bro, it was it was amazing. It was amazing what to did feel he... like a golfer. To feel like a golfer <laughs> and hit a Not clean just to shot. Do golf clubs? Nah, just to be like. And a golf polo? Yeah, you know what I mean? Because, like, everybody can look like a golfer. Right, right. You can look like a golfer, but can you hit like a golfer? Right. That's that's where, you know, the men really shine. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Hey, but, but, but what did he tell you? Let me ask you about this because I always go whenever it's a beginner and stuff like that. Obviously, I'm not a swing coach. I'm not a good golfer or golfer, <laughs> you know, <laughs> period for, for that matter. But, you know, I always tell guys like when they're starting, I'm like, look, man, it's your grip because I struggled with the grip for the first two years of me like trying to play golf. And I tell people all the time, like, it's your grip. Try this and try that. And they just don't make it happen. And then it all starts there. If you don't have the right grip, you can't get the club going back on the right path. What did he do to your grip? Did he tell you anything about your grip or? We made one small adjustment, right? The adjustment was from where my thumb on my right hand was pointing. You were, you were more right? I was more like too straight edge, right? To kind of like. more left? A little bit, yes. Because I, he, what he was explaining to me was like when you have it too lined up, you, you try to control the club too much, you know, with your grip. Right. Instead of being loosey-goosey to try to have that flow within your wrist. Um but when we he he explained it to me and we kind of like worked on it like before taking a couple of swings and then once he he put that in my head it, it was much more natural feeling what wasn't natural is the position you know people really have to look at how the golfers position themselves to hit a golf ball Talking on about posture and alignment yeah like addressing the ball and how right. you're standing over it yeah like that goes very underrated when you're watching golf because it's very quick to announcers are and talking they just make it look so they make easy. it look so easy and all this stuff but if you really look at it like and probably watch it for like two minutes without the sound and just look at their form and stuff like that those are the little things that you kind of pick up on that when you're watching and after you get that coaching lesson from coach sib you're like oh shit that's what he was trying to tell me now it makes sense because mm. you get to see it so a lot of work to be done. Oh, 100%. <laughs> you just, dude, a you lot just of work open to be Pandora's done. box, homie. Big time. Because once you go get that lesson and then Big it puts time. it in perspective of how much you don't know, you're like, oh, shit, I'm so far away from For sure. Shout out to my soul for getting me into this game. <laughs> my wife hates it, but you and I love it, buddy. And that's what matters. <laughs> I'm uh, glad, man. I'm glad you're doing it. Absolutely. It's going to lead to more... Fun times on the golf course. Yeah, funny. Before we get into the main things we came here to talk about. Um, I thought we were talking about the main things we were coming to talk about. I, I, I told Coach Sib, I was like, yo, listen, we're going to work this first lesson, but my ultimate goal here is to hit bombs, dog. I only came out here to learn how to hit 300 yards. I don't care about this short game after a while. We're going to have to get to that 300 yards. And once we get there, <laughs> thank you very much. But nah, nah man, man. I'm, working, I'm working my way through it. Uh, let's talk about these Dolphins real quick, man. Uh, tomorrow is cut. Over. Well, today is cut day. You guys are listening to this today, and you're watching it on Tuesday. Today's cut day for the 53 man roster. The Dolphins have already started making some cuts, and I just saw right now that they cut McKinney, the kid that we got, the linebacker that we got in the in that trade with Houston. And I was like, damn! But it must mean that the competition is fierce because usually when you trade you for got a guy, too much talent, dude. On yeah, defense. man. It's it's sick. The defense is honestly high playoff caliber. Everywhere you look, the Dolphins have serious weapons on defense, serious depth. And that's the key, I feel like, to this season. Because, yeah, the offense is going to get better automatically. There's nowhere <laughs> for it to go but up. But the defense has to keep their status quo. And, and, it, and if possible, even improve more. And win games more or shut down teams more. For me, I feel like they're primed to do it because I just feel like you, like you said, we're very talented all across the defense. You see it even in the backups that were playing in this pre last preseason game against the Bengals that we won on the last second, like Hail, Hail Mary. 29-26 was the final score, <laughs> yeah, which, man. which gave us a 2-1 record in the preseason. Crazy finish. Crazy, Crazy finish, finish to that game. But that, like back to the defense, like, yo – we, we're just – we have a good rotation of players that we can throw at whoever. And I'm not saying we're going to go out there and stop every single offense week in, week out. That shit doesn't happen. It's football. Right. 
but I feel like we're in a really good position to where we can win more games than last year. And that's and that to me is like the bar. We need to win as many games as we did last year, if not more. And if we do that, by all accounts, we should be in the playoffs. We were one game away last year, bro. You want me to bring nope. up the game? Okay. Don't want to talk about it. My fault. But I just know that we were one game away, bro. So we had a lot. Of, we keep beating a dead horse. We had a lot of good things going last season. You know, we've made improvements. We've had more time together, more time to heal, more time to get better, stronger, faster, you know, all that cheesy shit. But here we are. Uh, August is over. September starting week one versus the Patriots. The Patriots aren't who they used to be. They're starting Mac Jones that game, bro. They're not who they used to be. This game for us, especially coming off of two and one, you Huge. know, preseason. I mean, we, we lost to the Bears that first very first game by a touchdown. We we hand the Falcons an ass whooping, and then we come back on the Bengals with a bunch of third and fourth string you know players. Correct. But that I credit more to like that tells me a lot more about the overall team cohesiveness, like what they're kind of their their culture the is right staff. now. And the coaching and, staff. And most importantly, the coaching staff, keeping them in there, you know, making sure those guys, hey, fight for your job. You want a spot on this team? Go yeah. out there and win this game. Even down to the last man to the last second, you know what I mean? So I, I, a lot of positives to take away from this. You know, we, we just made another cut besides um, uh, McKinney. Besides McKinney, we also cut uh, a center that we just signed back in March. Oh, shit. Matt, Matt Skura. Oh, we cut and he's a too. vet. Yep. He's a vet. Yep. So it's like you said, dog, these guys are definitely – Looking at who is the best, yeah, right. Who's the best in the position? And if you're the seventh best, then unfortunately that means you're not going to make it. Well, not just that, but maybe maybe this guy Matt Scarra was, you know, he's a good player. He's like you said, he's a veteran. Maybe he wasn't a, a good locker room guy. You yeah, know that's I mean? so true that that too. could be telling a good sign as to what the Dolphins are trying to do right now in the in that locker room. What Flores is trying to do in that locker room, which is that's why it surprises me that all these rumors come back out about a guy named Deshaun Watson yeah. and the possibility of him being traded to the Dolphins. I'm like. Why is this even coming about when Tua's had a phenomenal preseason and we're primed to have a great season with Tua at the helm? No doubt. And you mentioned Coach Flo. You know, we both saw the interview where he had on ESPN that he's talking about the type of character that he wants his players to have in the locker room. And I don't think Watson fits into that. Now, granted, maybe he comes in and he's like – to any team, I feel like whatever team gets Watson, if they get Watson, he's going to get there and be in the best of spirits, most positive guy in there. Why? Because he knows that this is his, quote, unquote, second chance, last chance to really make something of himself. Yeah, but but I don't think I don't think that his name is tainted. I don't. I don't right now, care right about now, that. yeah, well, absolutely, you care about that, man. I mean, you like, don't want you don't want that negative publicity and like people coming around and always asking you. You know, you win a big game and then they just want to know about what do you think is going to happen with Deshaun's case? And it's like I don't need that. Like I'm, I'm here to work. Like I feel bad for the victims. You know, allegedly, whatever the hell's going on in in, in, in that whole situation. But we don't need that. We've been working way too hard for and everybody. This else. guy Tua is invested. He's fully invested. We we spent a high pick on him. We've been working on him. We we took. Uh, what's his face out? Uh, Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick last year out. You know when he was doing well for Tua to give him that early head start. You know in his career, it's like I don't understand why these rumors are just coming back up. Is it because they're just there's nothing to talk about leading up to like the first week of the season right now? I feel like it's it's a couple of things. Right, first it's Houston. They're still trying to make something out of this. They're ch- they're still trying to make something out of this. They know that they don't want to go into the season with Watson. They know that because of what you said. He's going to face a lot of questions and all this stuff, the media in Houston, all this stuff, whatever you want to call it, right? The second thing that's kind of resurfacing this is the fact that teams need quarterbacks. Teams need quarterbacks. And people look around outside of Miami and say, well, the Dolphins could use a quarterback. But why? Because that's the narrative. They see everybody else that's a young, big quarterback doing their thing and they're like, well, the Dolphins can't survive if they don't have something like that. They see the Josh Allens of the world, the Herberts of the world. Um, uh, who, who's the other kid? Burrow in Cincinnati. All these big strapping quarterbacks, and they're all with their big arms and throwing, you know, whatever. But those, two out of those three guys got injured last year because they're taking hits from standing right. in the pocket. Maybe that's not what the Dolphins need. The Dolphins' offense under Tua has looked like it could move. Like, it could move progressively throughout a game. And that's something that points to me, like, and says, 
two is not the issue. He's not the issue. He can throw the ball. He can throw the ball well. Is everybody else going to do their job? Because he's, he's proven that he can do his job. In the practice reps, in the little bit of time that we've been able to give him, we've seen him make the throws. We've seen him make the, the smart move. We've seen him try to make the bomb downfield. We've seen all of that, all of it. It, it takes everybody else doing their job and really stepping up to help him achieve that status. You know what I mean? Like, we got all these wide receivers now. Like, I'm sorry, but those guys got to show up for Tua every week. And I'm talking about minimum, having minimum, minimum one pass dropped in a game. Like, that's, that's it. It can't be max, maximum. maximum. It, can't be one, it can't be more than that. It can't be more than one or two drops per game for the entire unit. Why? Because we know that Tua throws such accurate balls that he's going to put it in the pocket almost every single time for you to make the play. You got to make that catch. I'm going to get it to you. The offensive line, like we talked about, they're doing their job, and they're keeping Tua clean. They're keeping Tua up on his feet. I didn't see him get touched not once this entire preseason. Not like a hit, nothing. Nothing where I'm like, damn, oh yeah, get him out of there. I don't want to see him taking these type of hits. Nah. And this is us figuring out the offensive line, saying, all right, who's going to be our right guard? We got this guy in center cemented. And this move of cutting the, the circle guy, that further lets me know that whatever we have on the offensive line is really working and really gelled together. We're uh, set they, there. They like the guys they have. To make a cut like that, You're they set. have to really like the guys You're that they set. have right now. You know, we're set, at, we're set at O-line. We're set at tight ends. We're set with our QB. We're set with our right receivers. We're set... With our running backs. Ah! <laughs> you thought I was going to leave them out, dog? I was waiting for it, bro. I was waiting for it. In the sense of we know what we have and how to use them, right? I'm not saying that we have the guys because, truth be told, if we had money to buy a free agent, and we would probably spend that money on our running back. Bro, but running backs are – you talk about quarterbacks I'm just, I'm, being I'm, scarce in the league. Running backs are even more in, scarce. Elite, like high-level running backs, it's tough. There's not that many. It's not that many. And that's why I'm okay with us having that running back tandem. If, and it's a big if, if Gaskins can stay healthy the entire season, I'm really excited to see what he can do. Because I know that him and Ahmed would. Uh, and Malcolm Brown to an extent. Him and Ahmed would be a really good 1-2, 1-2, 1-2, 1-2. 1-1-2, 2-2-1, 1-1-2, 2-2-1. Whatever. But get that combination rolling and then like you said every now and then you throw in malcolm brown to hey go get this goal line we're going to be in a power package we really need this yard or whatever or maybe even jared dokes he had two touchdowns in this game against the Bengals. he's he's interesting do we keep do we do we keep four running backs on our roster hardly ever bro hardly ever i feel like dokes is just gonna be he'll probably make it special teams right he'll probably make it special teams but i feel like He'll probably be more of a practice squad guy. And and I wouldn't be mad if he eventually works his way up and Malcolm Brown gets cut. Because Yeah, because we drafted him. We drafted I want to see him. At some point I want his I want to see his talent in the NFL. I right. need to see what it is. I already sorry, Malcolm Brown. I know who you are, bro. But I want to see the unknown. That's the same thing with Gaskin and Ahmed. Neither one of those guys were healthy at the same time last year. Yeah, that's when he, that's when Ahmed emerged. One of them went down, went down, the other one came up. Yeah. The other one went down, the other one came back. Coño. Together, both of them healthy. That can be freaking interesting. Yeah, pack you a punch. Know? Pack a punch and, and really catch teams quick. Because I feel like if if we can be that offensive, uh, offensively efficient, right, then we're going to be able to play quicker. Snap at the line, tool calling plays from the line, pop, 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 go. That's dangerous, bro. That's dangerous. And I'm really excited to see what this offense is going to look like because we've seen them score touchdowns. We've seen them willing and able to throw the ball downfield, which was a big problem that Dolphins fans had in general. Like, man, we're not throwing the Regardless of who was that quarterback, we did not throw the ball yeah. enough down the field. The big plays. We the already plays saw came it. came from, you know, even when we had Jarvis, man, it was usually from, like, Jarvis catching a screen or, you know, a slant. And just taking it to the crib, just breaking the tackle or two and just going to the crib. So Exactly. We, we, we were missing that big play, that explosive play. Got to attempt it in order to get it. And like I said, in this preseason, 
alone, we've already seen that the offense is willing to go down the field. Willing. We saw Jacoby Brissett throwing it down the field, bro, like left and right. So even Tool, left and right, didn't matter what down it was, throwing down the field, 30 yards, 35 yards, 25 yards. That's the stuff that we were missing last year. If we can add that and do it continuously, we're going to beat a lot of teams, bro. Yeah. And I, I really feel that we're going to be the second-best team in the division because if to tie it up to game one, we're playing the Patriots – if they start Mac Jones, Patriots in trouble. How many picks do you think we get? I'm guessing at least three. That's what I'm thinking. At least three. They're in trouble. They're in trouble. And the Patriots defense is good, just to make a point. Yeah, but I'm just I'm, I'm talking more about we're their, better. Their, their but offense we're better. Mac Jones. Our defense yeah. is better than their offense. And our offensive weapons are way better than their weapons, without a doubt. So it's going to be a real rough game for the Patriots. They probably have the edge in coaching, right? Bill Belichick, obviously. But Coach Flo comes from that from that quote unquote coaching tree, so I'm sure that he's going to be able to say I can match wits with this guy for four quarters. That game is going to be really interesting, man. I, I hmm, can't wait, dog. I can't wait. Love it, baby. In, in the division, start kick off the season. Two back to back division games. It's fire, dude. Love can't it. beat that. Can't beat that, bro. Can't beat that. Let, let, now talking about a beating, <laughs> I was. I think we were all kind of hoping that Jake Paul would have took a beating from Woodley. And I'm still in shock, bro. It was a. I'll tell you this. What I'll tell you this. Did, much. did you agree with the decision? No, I felt like Woolley did a little bit more. It was definitely and they more. They gave it to Paul. And they gave it to Paul. They gave it to Paul, and I felt like Woolley, like again, it was very amateuristic type of boxing. Both of those guys' feet were all over the place. Nobody's really settled when they're throwing. They're throwing weird punches and shit at each other. It was what it was. But when it came down to, like, blows or being aggressive, I felt like Woodley was the aggressor of the two, especially as it got into, like, the third, fourth, and the rest of the rounds because he took the time off from Jake Paul in the beginning and be like, let me see if this dude can really hurt me, right? And I don't want to get caught by this guy and put to sleep. Embarrassing. Yeah, because we saw him do it to Nate. Yeah, but, but Nate ain't no Nate. fighter. Nate ain't a fighter. Nate's also 5'2". 120 pounds, maybe. You know, little dude. Jake Paul's a big guy, six feet, to to what? 180, I think, 190 they were weighing in at. I think it was 190. Big dude. And Tyrone, uh, Tyrone, Tyron, Tyron, I hate that name. He, he really, he really took some time to figure his power out. And once he figured, like, all right, I could take some blows without this guy really putting me in danger because he knew that he wasn't striking. Neither one of those guys were striking clearly, so I felt like Willie was willing to take more risk. Paul kept backing up the fight because he knew that he didn't want to stand in the pocket too much. Because he's a real, he's going up against a real fighter. He just knows he's that a boxer. He's, it's, a, it's a real fighter. It's a different caliber athlete that's standing in front of you now. Absolutely, bro. And even with boxing, right? Like if I'm throwing a jab at you from far, even if I connect, it's not like a crazy power punch, right? Unless I catch you flush or when you're coming, you're coming in. in, right? Right, but. For Woody, that's not his most dangerous. He's most dangerous when he's Up close because he can grab. He's used to fighting in those tight spaces, so he can turn really well and pop up hooks and, and uppercuts. And he caught Paul a couple of times with some nice hooks and some nice uppercuts. And Paul, to his credit, bro, not only did he stand in there and, and, and fight, he actually went in there with a game plan. He threw jabs. He landed hooks. He, he tried to land a couple of uh, uppercuts. There was a couple of good fights on the undercard, too. Couple of guys getting knocked out, senseless. Uh, the women's fight was really good, um, but I feel like that whole spectacle of him continuing to fight is starting to lose its star. I don't think so. I think he's just gaining momentum now. You think? Absolutely. He just beat a UFC fighter. I mean, former champion. You know, like it's granted. You know, he needs to start fighting some actual boxers here. You know, some people that in the world of boxing that have some credibility, but. He's four and zero, oh, right? He's I think yeah, four or three and zero. Oh. No, no, he's four, four and zero. Oh, and you know he's he's this one came down to the split. You know I I kind of thought Woodley did a little bit more, but at the end of the day I wasn't judging the fight. Paul takes the win, and that just adds more more esteem to his shit, bro. I feel like, and he called out some that Fury guy, which I don't even know who the hell he is. No idea. No idea who he is, but he's a real boxer allegedly. He's an amateur in my opinion coming up. 
Yeah, they said they might run it back too. They, he told them if you, he they're got, definitely going to run Jake it back. Paul tattooed. He saw that. Yeah, if he got it tattooed, he was he would run it back. He would give him the fight. I'm not doing that. I'm not getting tattooed. I'm crazy. not getting tattooed up. Um, especially with especially another, not that. Especially with another dude's name on it. Yeah, that's not happening. But for these guys, they made their money and they've. You know, they said there were sixteen thousand people there. Okay, yeah, it was a packed house, but it's also Cleveland, so there's not a lot going on on the Sunday night there. And on top of that. People wanted to tune into the show and the spectacle, it, the spectacle, and, and they got it. You know, you got it again. These guys were able to at least throw punches at each other, make it entertaining, really hit each other, and, and go for it. Can't say that these guys were dancing or like you know playing it safe. Nah, both of these guys were really going for it. It was just an amateur fight, right? It it is what it at, is. Yeah, you know, at the end of the and day, at the end of the day, it was an amateur fight. That's why I'm like, if Jake Paul were to get in there with a real boxer at 190 pounds. I don't know, man. Like, I don't know if he survives that. Yeah, but that's what we were saying about Woodley. Like, all right, now this is the end of the road for him. Like, this is a championship caliber fighter. You know, Woodley has experience, you know, taking uh, punches, taking damage and stuff like that. Now it's just one element. He can go out there and, and kind of uh, just focus on this and a game plan. And he has the, the knockout power. And and he didn't knock him out. That's, I, I thought that's how the fight was going to end, honestly. I thought Woodley was going to knock him out. I think a lot of people thought that, too. They wanted it And he bad. had him up against the ropes. There's that, you know, the, it's going around the internet, like, where he, he kind of knocked him down or whatever. But I think uh, the most impressive part of the whole thing was when Woodley had him speechless in the, the, in the interview, the interview <laughs> where he was, like, uh, just trying him, basically, for being white. He was like, man, you, you don't live what you're talking. Like, what are you talking about? And he's just he like, like this. Uh, uh, <laughs> All right, you got me. Yeah, exactly. I think that was the the best shot that Woodley got in that whole thing. But at the end of the day, Jake these Paul's guys made money, dog. These guys, both of them, both of them are winners in my book, dog. They both got paid, and they both got paid well. Woodley probably got more money, whatever, in this fight than all his whole career in UFC. Doggy, it doesn't. That's a big, big sticking point for me. The fact that you went to fight Jake Paul to make the most money you've ever made in your career. That's like, that's what's wrong with MMA, bro. That you can go ahead and do some shit like this and get more money than that. More money than that. That's, that's what's wrong with MMA or what's wrong with UFC? I want to say MMA because the fact that there's 17 different MMA organizations, right? There's, Obviously, there's some 17? are. No, no, I'm, obvious, hell yeah, bro. There's some bigger than the other. Like, I, I could George, probably name like five. George Monsonthal has his own. Huh. Huh. Exactly. It's not hard to start your own little fight league, number one. Number two, that type of stuff, man, the beauty of it only comes when there's some type of, some type of like, stature to being an MMA fighter, you know, where you're like, oh, yeah, I'm the WBA champ. I'm the WBC champ. But if you're the PFL champ at 155 and then UFC doesn't have 155, but they have 160, are you really the 155? No, coño, I'm a this. There's no regulation in the weight classes, like the distance between them. All of that stuff makes it weird in order for the average fan to be like, this is the guy who deserves it. This is the guy who deserves money. So Dana's and UFC's specifically, they're just going to always take the profits, I feel like. They're going to be the big man to take that profit. Yeah, Dana's always going to line his pockets Always, first. always. As opposed to the boxers, at least that these guys are getting paid because they're selling pay-per-views. They're selling this and that. They're talking it up. UFC won't even let these guys shit talk to each other. You know what I mean? Like, it's you don't see that because they're trying to control the programming. Yeah, it's, it's never as much they as They want the UFC this, the UFC that. It's not a build-up. There's no build-up to it. Right. That, and, and that kills MMA. It kills MMA. Because even like with, what's another one? The PFL, right? They have a point system, all types of crazy stuff. It sounds cool, but nobody's ever going to look at it. Why? Because none of the raw-ass athletes are in there. So none of the fighters that you would even know, because all of them are going to UFC to try to get paid, are even making money, and they're not fighting in these leagues to fight the guys who are up and coming. You don't even see that. Right. Come on. Uh, even like Bellator. Bellator is probably the most, the second most prevalent MMA league or whatnot. And I couldn't name you now one champ there. No, I think they got like Mighty Mouse and stuff like that. And they got they got a couple guys over there that have left UFC and gone that way. But my point to that is, you know, I'm a casual UFC fan. I wouldn't say I'm a diehard because I know diehard fans and, you know, they're, they're on a different level. But uh, for your casual fan, I'm watching UFC. 
I'm not. I'm watching the big cards. I'm not really going out of my way to watch Bellator fights. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not. It's not it's, on my calendar. Now, <laughs> if it was NFL type, where it's like, yo, we're doing a welterweight tournament this day, bomb something. I don't know, whatever it is, but some type of organization where the 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 players or the fighters in this case have some type of claim to money. They got to have some type of claim to money, dog, because there's no way that guys like Jake Paul and Ty- and Woodley are making that money on a exhibition fight. That's what it was, dog. It's an exhibition fight. Bro, but it's all about the draw. He's got the clout. Jake I understand Paul, that. Jake Paul's put in a lot of overtime in the last two years, maybe even longer than that, but I would give him the last two years, him and his brother, and, bro, that pays right there, bro. The eyes, the eyes and the clicks, that's all that matters, and they, those guys draw that. Yeah, they're making that money. They're making that money. It's good for them, bro, but I just wish the MMA guys got a piece of it too. No doubt. But it makes sense why they're taking fights like this, you know? Absolutely. So it's a Go payday, get that bro. paper. Yeah, Go I, get don't that paper. I don't blame them. Let's talk about this Chelsea-Liverpool matchup over the weekend, bro. It was kind of – it kind of left me pissed off, man. Because can't, You can't be, though. You can't be. With, when it, you know, dude, just based on the circumstances – Right, there's a you could be a lot more upset. I could be a lot more upset. You're 100 percent right. The fact that we went in there and got a draw with playing the second half with only 10 men against a very stout Liverpool attack, you're right. You got to be happy with just walking away with the point. But I feel like we got we got a little bit like fucked over, man. That it should have been a penalty, no doubt, and it should have been carded. But I don't think the guy deserved a red card for just having that hit his arm like after it hit his body and his knee and his leg. It's like Come on, dude. I know what they're trying to do. And, and what pissed me off the most, honestly, is how the ref went about it. Anthony Taylor, this is for you. Oh, wow. You're going to call no, him no, out by his government absolutely. name. I hope he hears this. He's a jackass because he went, you know how they have the VAR system, right? You got They buzz you in and like, yo, go look at the monitor. And then the guy runs over. And they have it queued up for him. My dog, this man didn't even get like five feet within the monitor. Literally was like six yards away. It was like he came back with a decision, bro. It was a still shot. They didn't, hadn't even pressed play yet. They hadn't even pressed play yet. He was like, "Yep, you're a red card." He saw the thumbnail, and I was like, "Look at this mother <laughs> effort, dog." After we're up one zip, Liverpool is struggling to make a goal, struggling, trying their hardest but struggling. And this guy comes out here and awards a freaking penalty and a red card. I was like, you know what? You might as well just shoot everybody on the team, dog, because wow. you killed us, dog. It's a little drastic. You killed us, dog. But metaphorically speaking, I know where you're coming you from. You killed that's, us. That's terrible, bro. I hate I hate the zebras. You can't you can't do Damn stuff like that. And then, what's, again, what's worse is, like, you didn't even look at it, dog. The whole idea right. behind that. If you that, go over there and you fake it at least, you know, you're just checking your text messages and it looks like you're looking at the footage and you come back you're like, after careful consideration, it's oh, guys, sorry. I looked. That. I, I spent three minutes here chilling, texting my wife. I looked. <laughs> it's a I did what I could. You know, I, I'll get that. But the dude literally did this. Nap. <laughs> I kept on going. He was like Grandpa from The Simpsons. Yo. In that scene where he walks in the bar. He walks into Moe's with his, he takes his hat off, does a little twirl. I see his bar. He's like, whoop. Puts it back on and just walks right, right out the door. Out. <laughs> like, that's what he that's did. That's exactly what he did, dog. That's exactly what he did. And honestly, he ruined the game because the game was entertaining. It was very back and forth. Both teams were going for it. Both teams were obviously going for the win, pushing for it. Kai Havertz had, like, an amazing, crazy header. Kind of, like, flicked it back off the corner. Nailed it with the loft and the speed to get it over the goal. Chelsea had plenty of chances to score a second goal early in the game. Just couldn't make it happen. Mount missed one. Kaku had a chance that he should have passed, but he ended up taking a shot. I'm not mad at that. We paid you for that, dog. So take, take that your, shot all t- day, homie. Take your shots, that's, homie. That's what you're here to do. But at the end of the day, you're right. You got to be happy with the point because it helps us keep pace, uh, keep pace in the league. More importantly, you need points. Always need points, and more importantly for me, I feel like for the attitude of the team to be like, "Yo, we're champions of Europe. We won the Super Cup. Teams are picking us to." To win the Premier League, we're going to go on a deep run in all these tournaments. Like, we're not a team to be messed with. And you can tell that that attitude is definitely coming out on the team because these guys didn't give up. We, we even tried countering with a man down. We tried countering like four times in the game just to try to steal the win. Didn't work out, and that's okay. But you want that effort. You want these guys to play hard. You want these guys to, like, really give it their all 
and instead of counting themselves out just because they're down a man, exactly, and giving up potentially a whack goal or some shit like that, that and then that's and preventable. That's preventable, and then you look at it down the line and be like, damn, we could one goal. If we could have took that one point from this match, we could have been in a much better position. Yeah, and that's what it's about. I really feel like this team is playing confident. Um, now we have the international break, so we get a yeah, week what off. What does the, the two week break do to this team right now? Uh, they honestly, play, they don't play again until September 11th. It, it does two things for Chelsea specifically. It lets guys get healthy, like Conte, uh, Jorginho, who was coming off a crazy run in the Euros. Shout out to him for winning European Player of the Year from UEFA. Uh, Mandy, one goalkeeper of the year, coach. Tuko won Coach of the Year. Uh, who else won an award? Uh, Conte, of course. He, defensive midfield of the, of the century is what that guy should win. But <laughs> of the century, yeah, man, this guy's amazing. <laughs> All these awards that means that these guys have played a lot of soccer. Everybody needs like a little bit of a break. Thiago Silva's played a lot. A lot of these guys mm. just take a break, relax, heal up because these next two and a half months are really gonna be busy. We have. Uh, Champions League starting in a couple in a couple of weeks. We have um, Carabao Cup coming up pretty soon. We have the, all the EPL fixtures. We have another uh, EFL tournament. Like we're in like five tournaments this year, so we got to stay busy. You need to be everybody as healthy as possible. So when it comes time to take a break, break, right. relax, go on holiday, like reset. they say, reset, get your body right, and do you. You know, and I think that's that's the main benefit that Chelsea is going to get because I feel like honestly, week in week out, we're going to compete with every single team. It's going to be hard to beat us this year. Yeah, I mean, right now, only people ahead of Chelsea are Man U, West Ham, and Tottenham is at the top with nine Tottenham. points. Yeah, and that's it. And and, and Man U and these other guys is we're tied on points, but tied. it's Liverpool it's goal. and Everton too are tied. That's yeah, seven. it's all goal differential and stuff like that. It's right. early in the season, and I, I expect Manchester City to be up there when it's all said and done too. Yo, what's up with? But wait, hold on. I know something had happened. Ronaldo. Yeah, he, he got signed to Man U. Yep, he came back. Originally, he. I don't want to say he made his breakthrough. He made his breakthrough at Sporting, um, a Portugal team. But he really became quote unquote Ronaldo at Manchester United. That's when the world got to see him on the be- biggest stage, right. which was the EPL. Um, obviously, with a legendary coach and Sir Alex Ferguson, those guys were able to compete. That that Manchester United team that they were had full of studs. Ryan Giggs was on that team. Rio Ferdinand was on that team. Wayne Rooney was on that team. I think even he played with Beckham one year. It was like star-studded squad that Man United had a long time ago. Obviously. Because uh, they're not that good right now. <laughs> but he made a return to Manchester United, and I feel like it's a good move for him. It's obviously a great move for Manchester United, but it's good for Ronaldo to kind of do the 360, you know, where you start off somewhere and really cut your make your name on the world stage at this one club, and you're able to come back and still contribute. Not just come and be on the bench and be a whatever player. No, Ronaldo's coming to score some goals for these guys and to really – Help these guys win trophies, win an EPL, win the Champions League, win whatever their trophy is. Because I really feel like between the big four right now, it's all about how many trophies can you get. Liverpool, how many trophies can you get? Manchester City, how many trophies can you get? City, uh, Chelsea, how many trophies can you get? United, how many trophies? All these teams are fighting for big trophies. And somebody's going to get them. And three other teams are going to get left out. So I feel like if you don't have a roster to compete on all of those levels – then you're going to be missing out completely. That Ronaldo move helps United compete at that at that stage. Same thing with Messi landing in PSG. You know what I mean? Or if Harry Kane would have moved to Manchester City, that would have elevated the team to be like, all right, now we're going for everything, and we're not even trying to lose a game. Forget trying to win a championship. We're not trying to lose a game. All of these teams have this motivation now because they're all star-studded. This has been the craziest year when it comes to transfers and teams like picking up players, selling players, all this stuff. And and that's that two of the biggest transfers didn't happen. Mbappe didn't move, right? The move to Real could, Madrid. Could that still it could happen? still potentially happen at the time of you guys listening to this. I think the deadline is Tuesday, 3 p.m. UK time, obviously. Uh, it could t- still potentially happen, but I doubt it. It's Unless something unforeseeable happens, like a $200 million transfer or something like that. And even the Halan one, 
Erlen Halan, he was talked about a lot leaving Dortmund and where they were going to get money from him now or wait till next year that he's a free agent. He didn't move. Mbappe didn't move. And all these other guys moved. We got Lukaku. We got a bunch of signings. Uh, Manchester City got Jack Grealish. Like, a bunch of people moved this season. It's crazy. But all that shows me is that teams are going for it. So, like, all these tournaments we're about to run into, Champions League, Europa, all of that is going to be full of great games, man. Full of great games. And even for Chelsea, we, we found out who we're playing in the group. We got Juventus in the group, who's probably weaker now because they lost Ronaldo. We also got Zenit. Uh, I think they're a team from Russia, not that well. And we got Malmo, who's another team from, I want to say France, not that good. But that just <laughs> makes it easier for Chelsea to, A, dominate the, the group, get ahead of that. Win that group, not have to worry about advancing into the next stage, right? Maybe play some players, rest some guys, and that's how we're going to be able to stay fresh. That's the that's why I think Chelsea made all those moves, to keep pace with all the other moves that teams were making to get better. And now we're better. So let's see, man. Up the Chelsea. We're, we're rocking and rolling, baby. Yes, sir. Now let's wrap this show up with – Prediction time. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode last week, a little Kane-centric yes, episode. It, it was Kane-centric, and it was perfect for, perfect for this weekend because it really set us up to hit all the key points that we were looking in, in the game, but now we're actually down to the game. I really see this being an upset, bro. I don't know why. I can't shake the feeling, but I just feel like we're going to upset Alabama and and really surprise them. Well, I think we're going to catch him sleeping, and it's going to be a big game. I, I feel like it's going to be like 42-35, Kings. Wow. Put that, write that down. I'm writing it down. Write that down because I'm, uh, I'm looking up right now to see if that spread has moved. Last week when we recorded, I think we were at 18.5 points. Yeah, Alabama's still an 18.5-point favorite. Um, that's tough, man. I mean, we talked about it, obviously, last week. If you guys missed that, Can I sure interrupt you, you real go quick? Go get that, uh, that episode. What's up? I mean, I'm sorry to cut you off here, Doc, but I I must make sure that you know this. That line, because I figured it's out this weekend, that line was created prior to the linesmen or the betters, whatever, knowing that Derrick King was going to be playing in that game. Well, that's that's what I'm seeing right now on DraftKings. It's, I mean... Obviously, Alabama is the number one team they have been. You know, we the couple of the key points that we talked about last week was if we're going to play a team like Alabama, we'd rather play them week one versus week ten. You know, make sure that they they're they're not in midseason form or playoff form, and we have a really you know good team to kind of um, go in there and and bring in the upset, especially with such a such a big spread right there, eighteen and a half points. That's a big big difference right there. So. Um, the, the biggest thing is going to be De'Eric King. We talked about that. He's going to be the, the X factor. If he plays well and he carries that team, the defense should do you know what they're supposed to do. And then De'Eric King complimenting that on the offensive side of the ball to keep up with Alabama's high-powered team all around. They're, they're not going to put up a goose egg by any nope. means. They're going to score. <laughs> nope. But it's just a matter of, obviously, whoever has more points at the end of it, right? Yep. So they just got to be able to answer anytime Alabama does, you know, come come to them with something. And then it's going to come down to those late stops, bro. Those late stops in the fourth quarter that it's like, all right, we need to stop right here. It's we need to get the ball three. back. Exactly. Those those are the crucial ones it. right there. So um, that, what did you say again? 42-35 Hurricanes? 42-35 Hurricanes. Um, week one of college football, Bama, is that a 4 o'clock game? Right, I think yep. it's not an eight o'clock. It's like no, four it's a four o'clock game. Something or like three thirty, some shit like that. Uh, on ABC numbers coming in in my head right now. Stop looking at my paper, dog. Oh, I'm looking at your for reference. Forty two, thirty five. Those are pretty even, pretty round numbers. But I'm gonna say something along the lines of thirty nine, thirty six. Canes wrote it down. Thirty nine, thirty six. Canes. I, 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 that's kind of what I'm feeling right now. It's gonna come down to uh, a field goal. You're, you're not crazy, dog, for picking the Hurricanes to win. Nobody should feel crazy for picking the Hurricanes to win. We have a really good offense. We have a really good defense. Now, granted, Bama has NFL caliber <laughs> talent on that defense. Always. Always. But they're starting a new quarterback. He's never played in a big game. He's never played under 50,000 fans and everybody watching on national TV. My dog, Derrick King, has. I trust him to have that experience in the game. And do the right things and get those first downs. It's a three, third, third and three. I trust him to get it. 
And I trust our D-line to make a stop. I really do, especially when, it, like you said, it, it, when it comes down into the third and fourth quarter where it's like, all right, they're getting a little bit of momentum. Can we stop them at the 50? Can we stop them at our own 45 and have them punt or have them try to really long field goal or whatever? Those are the things that's going to help us win the game. And I really feel like that's going to happen, dog. I, I, I think that the advantage is with the Canes in two reasons. Number one, we got the better quarterback. That always is going to tilt the favor in your in your direction. Number two, we've had more time to game plan for them than they've had for us. Why? Because we know what we're about and we're trying something new. They have no idea what their offense is going to look like. Zero. Zero. Not one player on there can say, yeah, we've done this so much on the field that I'm comfortable in this. Nobody can say that on Alabama's offense. On the Hurricanes offense, absolutely. Because all of those guys played last year. Every single wide receiver that's going to be starting that game played last year. The same quarterback that we had last year that was balling, guess what? He's starting this game. The only thing that's really different is the running backs. And for the people who will be like, well, the offensive line isn't that great. Okay, yeah, they don't have to be top 10 in the country. But you know what? At this age and this time, they're grown-ass men. That D-line that they're going to be playing with, they're still coming out of high school. They're 19-year-olds. Maybe that one 19-year-old balls off, but there's no way you're manhandling a 23-year-old man play after play after 60 play. Minutes. There's no way, dog. There's just no way. So I really think that the Hurricanes got an advantage. So I'm taking the Kings. I mean, I don't think any of our listeners expected anything else. That's right, baby. <laughs> but let us know. That's right. We'll probably if you have had to put a Bama. You a sucker. We're no, gonna I'm have kidding. to. Yeah, I know you're gonna put up the poll pro- probably closer to game. Yes, than who sir. You got and all that. So I'm curious to see. I mean, I know the majority of our our listeners, our friends and stuff, that, are, are that all shit Kings better fans, be like. But I wouldn't be surprised to see you know a couple haters in there throwing Bama. It better be eighty twenty Hurricanes. We're in Day County, y'all. Oh, be- I would say ninety ten. Well, I'm being lenient. Or you're getting blocked. How about that? But <laughs> I'd be remiss if I don't shout out, and I had to. You know, I had to wear it today. I saw it, dog. I saw it when I walked in. I, I had was like, to, look bro. at this I guy. Be remiss. So I went to UCF. I'm look a big UCF guy. guy. You know, we've had a better days, better seasons. I'm hoping that we get back on track this year. We kick off Thursday night on ESPN, 7 o'clock against the Boise State Broncos. Good so, luck. And the, at the Blue Field? Uh, no, they're playing at UCF. Okay. They're playing at the Bounce House, which is a huge advantage for, for the Knights. So uh, I just wanted to shout them shout out. Shout out the Knights. Luck, man. Yeah. All right, shout out the Knights. Shout out the Knights, man. Um, doggy, I think it's time, dog. Let's wrap this thing up. Let's do it. Let's do it, bro. Uh, man, 51 episodes in the book. Who would have thought, dog? Who would have thought? But you know what? I got to shout out CIC Miami, man. They're definitely hooking us up with this bot. So anytime you need some type of office space or any type of creative space, check them out. They're going to be able to hook you up with whatever it is that you need. You got to trust us. All right. And for all of our listeners, thank you for checking in. Make sure you're checking us out on social media, Sports with SoSo Podcast, Instagram, Twitter, uh, YouTube, Spotify. I don't know. We're on your grandma's laptop. We're everywhere. You got to just find us. Sports with Sosa. We're everywhere. And you also got to do one thing. Tell a friend. To tell a friend. To tell one more friend. To tell another friend. To tell another friend about the podcast because there's not a lot of Miami podcasts that are podcasts that are doing sports and especially as good as this one because we run through the mistakes. That's right, baby. That's right. And until next time, y'all. Peace.